You're an all-star, get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star, get the show on, get paid Welcome to the NRL Supercoach All-Stars podcast. This is Barnsley, joined tonight by Billy. How's your week looking, Billy, in Supercoach? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I noticed you didn't call me the beast for once. I'm going <laughs> to... catch enough. I'll wait a little bit for your scores to trend up, mate. <laughs> yeah, nah, going all right, mate. Making a bit of a bit of a comeback, so enjoying it a bit more. Uh, that's good to hear. I've... Um, I, had my few week run of feeling good about myself, and last week I took a tumble by a couple thousand spots, so I was pretty filthy. I um, took the C off Tomalolo and put it on for feeder, which seemed to be the sort of the underground super coach veteran way to go. A lot of guys were saying jump on for feeder, and I did it. It's pretty disappointing. It's a council worker, mate. One day off, four days off. <laughs> that's the that's the perfect name for him, actually, for Fida, the council worker. We'll call him that from now on, the council worker. That'll be for Fida. He um, it was really frustrating to watch, actually. I, I don't know if you caught the game, but it was like he was standing around so much. It was maddening watching because he was getting the minutes, and he was just standing around, even behind the play the ball, like avoid. It was almost like he was avoiding hit ups a couple times when he jogged. He jogged from one side of the ruck to the other. And the ball went to the side that he just left. And it was almost like he was doing it to super coaches on purpose. It was really, really hard to watch. But um, he managed to get 55 at least. Yeah, I haven't got him, but it must be frustrating to watch, especially when, um, you know, his minutes generally sort of increase with it when, sorry, while Gal's away. And for him not to have any sort of uh, offloads in a game where he's got extra minutes, it must be filthy. Oh yeah, he had seven offloads two weeks before. So I mean, it's uh, it's crazy, but that is the super coach beast that it is. Week to week, everything can change and turn on its head. So on that note, let's have a look at our market watch for this week, and we'll start with the ins. The biggest traded in target at the moment by teams is Scott Sorensen from the Sharkies. Now I sort of saw this coming a week ago, as I'm sure everyone did. He's 177k coming up to his third game. And he's got a minus 63 BE, but he did get named on the bench, Billy. So, I mean, what are your thoughts about still grabbing him? Yeah, it's hard to miss, isn't it? It's what I, um, I plugged in his numbers before, and even off the bench, if he gets uh, a 35, he makes, I think, 70 or 75K. And if he makes another 35 score next week, it's another sort of 20K. So, you'd like to think that he's going to hit almost that 100 mark for you inside a, inside a couple of weeks. But he's got a couple of things to get past first the HIA. But then he also plays later in the round, and, and what's his name? Is it Luke Lewis? Luke Lewis could even um, not pass the fitness test, and he could end up starting. So, I mean, it's one of those things where you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. So Yeah, I think it's Graham, actually. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. So if you, if you can hold a trade up your sleeve for later in the weekend, that would be ideal. But otherwise, you're taking a punt, maybe taking 100K. Yeah, that's really good advice, actually. If you can wait until later in the week to do your trades, it'll probably be perfect, wouldn't it? I mean, are you, gonna be, are you targeting him or are you just going to leave him? Yeah, I've targeted him just for a bit of coin. I've still got um, my man crush Milne up there, but given that he's uh, obviously you know, 12 weeks away, even if he does get a starting, you may as well just punt him. So, yeah, no, I'm going um, going Masters this week for Kenner. I was um, 10K short last week and 10K short the week before, so... I'm just um, getting him in now with that goal kicking, mate. I can't, I can't, I can't avoid it anymore. <laughs> well, that's a decent segue because Masters is the next most traded in 
player at 10%. Before we get to him, I'll probably say I traded in Sorensen early because I didn't have a choice with the downgrade options. And I don't see him as a bad option still, um, mainly because, like you said, you did the sums and you'll get 100K in the next couple of weeks. And um, the other thing as well is the Sharks do play round 13. And if Wade Graham's in that state of origin team, then perhaps you'll get a starting Sorensen as one of your round 13 numbers as well. And then he becomes a prime punt straight after that within a couple of rounds. So maybe that works out. Yeah, it just depends on what his um, break is and what might be down there. If, if he gets that far, I mean, if he's only getting 15 minutes off the bench, it might not be worth might not be worth it as much. But yeah, sometimes you just got to take a punt, mate. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to Masters, who you mentioned as your boy this week, I've been short on him as well when I've looked around and I've just held off. I'm actually looking at potentially getting him this week. He's been traded in by, so far, 10% of coaches, which is really disappointing because he was only owned by uh, around 6% of coaches on um, on Monday. So he has shot up quite significantly, and he's going to go from a, a really good pod to probably a, a guy that's going to be a pretty heavily owned center win, uh, wing after this week. Yeah, look, if you still own only 10%, that's still a reasonable um, podish um, type territory. Um that ten percent will be most people that know what they're doing, though. So um, probably ends up making fifteen, twenty percent. Um, someone asked me, um, sorry, not, not me, but someone put the uh, question in Addicts today, saying, uh, "Why is everyone jumping on Masters now?" And it's just one of those things where you know the guy was priced at almost five hundred k to start the season, and he wasn't kicking in. All of a sudden, he gets to kicking for a couple of weeks, and then you want to jump on, and then he loses it again. So. You don't buy him any punches. I think I think that was his lowest score the week that he lost to kicking. Then all of a sudden he gets it back, gets it back again, and uh, then you look at the patterns and there's twenty points in offloads, twenty points in offloads, twenty points in offloads. Then the uh, offloads go, and all of a sudden there's twenty points in kicking, twenty four points in kicking, and all the games versus the Storm and Cowboys and Eels and uh, Roosters are all gone. So it's uh, pretty much a prime time to pick him up, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. I think he's a really good buy, actually. I mean, looking at the numbers, he's out of his eight games so far, only two of those games have been below 51 points, which for a centre wing is amazing. And two of them have been above 90. So, I mean, he's and even below 44, mate. He's only done that once. He's only got one dud game and it was still 36. Yep, and no tries. And no tries, yeah, yeah exactly. And, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up his... Um, you know, he's offloading for a couple of weeks, going crazy, getting points there, and then he's kicking for a couple of weeks, getting points there. He's a bit of a Swiss Army knife, and I really like that. Some guys will look at someone like Masters and say, well, you know, he's he got, gets a lot of points from offloads, some of those big scoring games, but then his offloads sort of disappear, so I'm a bit worried. The thing about Masters is he, he contributes in every category, and that's what I really like to get in because, you know, you might have one week where you're playing against a side that's really good at limiting offloads, but he can do other things and, you know, it might be a week that he jags a line break like on the weekend and then gets a try assist or he manages to kick five goals and he just does so many things on the field. And with the dearth of centre wing options this year, which is just such a lottery, he just stands out like a sore thumb to me. Man, I would hate to think what sort of number he puts up the week. He does 20 points in offloads, 20 points in kicks and scores an LB try. That would oh. be a monstrous week. If he puts that all together, everyone will be absolutely laughing. So 558k, I actually think is a good price. I've been looking at him for a while. In the last um, six weeks, he's been between 525 and 558. So he hasn't fluctuated much. Oh, sorry, 565. 
So he hasn't fluctuated too much, and I think that's probably his range as well because he doesn't put together a couple of real dud games in a row. So um, no, he had that one game of forty that pulled him back, and then you got the kicking back. So now that forty's rolling out and the kicking is in, I think I wouldn't say this is the cheapest he's going to be, but he's going to start heading up towards that upper five hundred, uh, that Madison type area. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the other reason to answer that question that was um, posted online that you mentioned. Yeah, you know, everybody always takes notice of someone when they throw up a massive score, and he was 91 on the weekend. And then also the fact is that I think all the good coaches are looking towards round 13 at this point, and he's a name that pops straight up because you know the Tigers obviously play round 13, and the next four weeks up until round 13, he's got the Warriors, he's got the Cowboys at home, Penrith away, and Bulldogs at home. So. It's not the worst draw for him either. I actually think that he matches up really well with those Warriors centers to maybe put on some points. Mate, if you if you're desperate for a pot and you and you honestly can't afford Masters, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad time to maybe have a crack at Nofo. Like he's down sort of low to mid sort of four hundreds with a I think he'd be around sort of fifty or seventy or something from memory. So if you can wait a week or you need to jump on someone. He's right outside Masters. You could do worse things and go on a week early out of him. Yeah, that's a fair shout as well. It's definitely a ballsy one because um, we know how clear he feels about Nofu's defence. But, yeah, it's um, it's not a bad one at all, mate. And, look, we're looking at round 13 now. You've got to start planning ahead to be able to get the guys you want at the right price. And, you know, I'd hate to wait till round 12 and pay 650 for Masters if he goes on a run. That would just really hurt. Yeah, for sure. So great trade-in for Masters for those that are looking at a centre wing. Um, the next guy on the most traded-in list is actually Payne Haas, the big fella, at 9%. A lot of people jumping on him. I'm not sure what to make of it, Billy. I'm kind of, you know, sometimes when you just get sort of a cult figure in the making that people have been waiting for and then they see him and they're so excited he's on the field and he's just got such a great presence like Haas does, you might get a bit carried away in real life and bring that into your yeah. super coach buying. Is it a bit of that? Yeah, exactly. Put it this way, um, Pangai Jr. has been a machine uh, on everyone's radar for ages, but how many minutes was he in last year? It was he, he was getting sort of you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe 25, 30 at the most, and that was after a year, two years. I'm not sure how long he's been in the system for. But you've also got to take into, a, into account that um, Lodge was injured last week. Did he... I'm not sure whether he played big minutes or not. You also had Moose up at up at nine, and Pangai Junior was absolutely blowing a gale. He only lasted sort of 50 minutes. So, I mean, he came on early last week. I, I know the kid's a beast, but he's not going to be getting more than 30 minutes the way the the, the ponies do their rotation. But could be interesting with um, Moose out for a few weeks. But yeah, I can't see him making massive coin. He'd be, he'd be one of those slow burner ones. So. Question is, do you downgrade Lodge for him, or, or do you and, and do you let him just um, take a half spot in your team as a slow burner, or, or, or do you just skip him? It's a it's a hard it's a hard one to do. Yeah, it is. I, I tend to think. I mean, Lodge, you're right. You bang on the money with Lodge. He only played 24 minutes last week, and that's the other thing. So Haas played 21 minutes. He did. He scored 30 points in 21 minutes. So that's the appeal. He can score some good points, and he looks great. But like you said with TPJ, Bennett's notorious for blooding rookies pretty slowly and not giving them too many minutes. And I tend to think that his 21 minutes would have been more like 15 minutes on the weekend potentially. Or yeah. yeah, so I mean, if that's the case, he's throwing up maybe 20 points. It's not a great trade-in. And then when you have a look at it, it the Broncos don't play round 13 either. So 
I tend to think that you're better off doing some other mid-range downgrades that we're going to get to in a little bit than than going for a Huss. Or just take the quick Sorensen money for the same sort of price and get your hundred grand in the next couple of weeks guaranteed anyway. And that seems to be far better than uh, than jumping on Payne Huss, who's only played one game. He's still got to get a couple of weeks ahead before he gets a rise. Yeah, agree. Yeah, so um, moving along, an interesting one on the weekend. This is another guy that people are jumping on very early. Fanua, Mahe Fanua, the man with the greatest haircut in Australia, Billy. Oh, mate, Nakwama comes close. Sharon goes all right. <laughs> it is a shocker. I can't believe... Speaking of rubbish haircuts, what about my man crush Crichton? What's he done? I didn't see his haircut, actually. Mate, <laughs> It reminds me of that Monty Burns episode with the Simpsons. Get rid of the sideburns. <laughs> Shave <laughs> those sideburns, Manningly. He's, he's, he's just hacked on the pieces. Oh, it's, Mahe Fanua has got to be single, doesn't he? There's no way he's married or he has oh, a, a girlfriend. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, in Supercoach terms, he actually had a pretty good game. He was pretty busy, good tackle bus and stuff, and he obviously had that fantastic offload uh, try assist, line break assist to Benji for that try right near the death to really get the Tigers back up. He scored 61 points, but in saying that, he, he only played his first game on the weekend, and I'm very, very suspect of jumping on a Nathan Cleary coached player for Supercoach too early, especially in that back line with... Um, Lola Hare still yeah. in the doghouse and, and everything else that can happen with that side. I mean, I I understand how you look at him after next round and, and, you know, trading him in for his third game if he looks like he's got it and he's solid. But for 265k especially, you really can't afford to jump on that early, in my opinion. Yeah, well, if, if you're desperate, he's an option. But like, like you said, he had an LBA TS in a 60, so apart from that, he's dumping a 40. But he did look dangerous when he, when he carried the ball. You could do worse things than jumping on someone early, but if you're going to go early, he's, he's much better than um, Payne Haas, mate. I'll, I'll give him that. Yeah, he is. I mean, I guess my sort of my rule of thumb with going on guys early is um, if I have to do it, I'll do it if they're uh, around rookie priced, but I won't I won't do it if they're more than that. And he's a hundred grand more than a rookie at two sixty five k. So my little rule book of what I try and stick by, I, I don't do that because. He doesn't have job security, and he's too much money to risk having sit on the sideline for me. So yeah. that's just sort of where I'm from on it. But I, I do understand, like, guys get desperate for downgrades and stuff, but you just sort of hope in the next week or two you're going to get some other downgrades instead. Yeah, hopefully a couple will pop up, but, yeah, he's probably, uh, yeah, just a radar watch, I suppose. Yeah, so let's talk about some of the more expensive guys, Billy. One of them's a mid-ranger who I'm quite surprised that more people aren't sort of looking at, but it's probably because uh, TLT obviously only dropped this afternoon, so we're mere hours after that. But Sean Lane has been named to start on the edge for the Manly Seagulls, replacing Kazuski, who has that broken hand and he's out for around four weeks. So I've been a big fan of Lane myself. He's... Came on the scene and had a lot of super coach pedigree with the sort of game that he has, and he's played really well in the past. On the weekend, he scored. He, he was up just under sixty minutes, and he scored seventy three points with his try and line break. But more importantly, he had a really good combination running off um, the halves and hooker, and he looked pretty damaging. If he can get eighty minutes, which every single edge back row has in Manly so far this year, aside from Goz's first game, then. He looks absolutely gold to me at under, you know, around that 340k mark. 
Yeah, I didn't realise uh, every back row I had played 88 Manly, so that probably gives me a bit more confidence in someone like him. I remember being filthy at him last year, umming and ahhing as to where I should get him, and he ended up killing it. I think that round 18 and round 19 last year when Manly played, um, played those dual bites, yeah, ended up smashing it there. I think there was an 80 and a 90, or at least a 90 in there, so... I think he repeats something like that and just having a quick look at his numbers, he, he seems to be right on there point per minute wise. Mm. Uh, what is it? Uh, I'm sorry, just looking very, very quickly. Yeah, season point per minute is 1.07. I know that there's a lot of 30 minute games in there, but uh, 59 minutes scored 73, 54 minutes he scored 43, scored 72 off of 33 minutes. So, yeah, I, I think you're pretty much right up there. Shorty was um, mentioning him the other day too, so. If you can um, get 60 to 80 minutes out of him, even 60 minutes, he's probably a decent buy at the price. Yeah, I think 60 is fine. Um, last year, he averaged 62 minutes a game and he busted out of 50, which at his price is going to be money. And it's also uh, a round 13 player with Manly playing the first buy. So, um, I mean, I think he ticks all the boxes, really. You can downgrade a, a lodge and make you know a bit of cash out of that to use elsewhere and end up with a better player. Yeah, I'm just going to punch you punch his details into the calculator and I'll come back to you in a minute see if he ends up making more than um, a Sorensen after three or four weeks. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, what do we think he's going to average? Oh, I tend to think that he's going to play close to 80 minutes, if not 80. So I would base it on 80 minutes. And I really, he's just got such a good super coach game that I'd be very surprised if he isn't around 65 points for 80 minutes. I would call it, call it 60. Yeah, that's being... I, I, am, I am a lane lover, so... You're probably better to be conservative and say 60. Yeah, all right. So if he hits 60, makes uh, 35K this week, 50K next week, 27 the week after, 20 the week after. So in the long yeah, term, so he's he, going to make more than Sorensen? He, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna make 100K in one to, in four weeks if he just hits 60s. Yeah, and in four weeks' time, you're, you're getting close to that buy and you've got him ready for that and then you can sort of punt him. And you got him as opposed to uh, Sorensen. The only thing is, the, it's the extra K that you could, the extra two hundred grand you could do with in between if you got science and so. Yeah, I mean, the upshot of that is that Lane's someone that you can put in your seventeen very comfortably. If you're getting eighty minutes, he'd be in your seventeen just about every week. So that's that's really they good have, cover. They have a tough draw, but. Well, you say that, but as a Roosters fan, I have to say the Roosters forwards have defended really poorly. So. Uh, we do give up quite a few offloads, and the Broncos as well are really short. So, even though I, I obviously support the Roosters and, and think that we're still a good team, us and the Broncos are actually on our way down at the moment as far as defending against Fords. So, it's not too tough. You um, know what? I said I didn't buy any Tigers to start the year because I thought they had a tough draw too. So, I'm not even going to look at the draw. <laughs> well, that's the other thing as well, right? And I mean, look, someone like Sean Lane. All he has to do is just, if he's playing his 80 minutes, he's just going to get his points and money and work rate anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So he's... Does he play on left or right? He will be... That's a good question. Left left, left would be more interesting probably because that's generally the way um, Turbo goes. He's on the left. Makes it a bit more interesting. Yeah, he yeah, a good combination. So um, another guy that's a bit of a mid-ranger that no one's talking about, but I understand why a little bit, is DWZ. With Tenny's Lesniak, obviously Edwards, unfortunately, has been ruled out for the season, it looks like. So that's a big blow for Penrith, but it looks like that uh, DWZ is going to end up with the fullback spot. And 
He's a bit of an interesting one. It's a bit of a left field one, I give that. But he averaged 47 points a game last year. And really, except for 2016, he's been right around between 46 and 48 points uh, with his games. And only a portion of those have actually been at fullback. So I tend to think priced at 376k and a fullback that you can put in your centre wing. He might be a little bit of a pod worth considering. Yeah, it might be. I'm not sure I can do it, but there's very, very small sample size of him ever playing fullback, and yeah, I'm just not sure how he's going to go there. It, it, it is good that Cleary's coming back next week, but doesn't doesn't play the uh, the first buy, so I really don't want to start getting someone in my team that's going to clog up clog up a position right now, mate. Yeah, I won't be either. But I um, was intrigued, I have to say, just because of the downgrade option to uh, to get someone like him and um, Penrith potentially going on a decent run. They've got uh, three out of the next four before the buyer at home as well, so they've got that going for him. But just a little one just to chat about at his price. A couple of expensive ones now, mate. James Adokar, he's actually been traded in by a few percent of coaches at the moment. He's about seventh on the trading list. And I, I was going to say I don't understand it. I do understand it, but I just don't agree with it. He's been obviously on fire. Uh, Adokar's been going great. He's made 100k already just with his latest um, price rises. He's 510k. He has such a low floor though. I um, just And he's not playing round 13 either. I just can't go near him. Have you looked at him at all? No, not at all. They just scored a double the last three weeks in a row and only cracked the ton once. He scored a double and I mean, the guy scored a double in round one as well and scored 48. In between there was 16, 13, 14 and 37. No thanks. It's just a classic example of guys just um, chasing last week's points, isn't it? Like 76, 92, 109, a lot of inexperienced coaches are probably just reading those, just salivating. But at the end of the day, before those three, like you said, he was absolute garbage. And imagine if you buy him and the run that you're getting in is 16, 13, 14, which he did between round yeah. two and four. Well, you just come off playing um, the Knights, depleted Broncos and the... Um, and, um the atrocious Warriors. Yeah, so he's got um, Dragons this week. I mean, they're not exactly going to release a crap load of points. does have the Titans a week after that, but they seem a little bit rejuvenated. They will leak points. And, oh, he's got Manly after that. So he could go on a couple of games where he's going to score a double, but I wouldn't be banking on it. No. And, I mean, look, he's he's got a negative BE just because of his last couple of big scores, but... It's just not worth it because if you spend 510k on someone, you're going to have to play him, really. And I would not be happy playing him this week against the Dragons in particular. I mean, like you said... If he punches one of those 15 scores with a big minus 25, you're going to make, what, 25, 30 grand off him. Yeah, it's it's so not worth it. I don't understand going for it, really. I mean, Freddie's talking about him in Origin as well, so... Don't know why, but anyway... (laughs) All right, let's talk about a couple of superstars or former superstars that are maybe making a comeback. These guys aren't on the most traded in, really. They're sort of around that sort of 1% to 2% range. But um, Jonathan Thurston has started to look a little bit better, which I was saying but also praying would happen. And he had another decent game again on the weekend where he hit up 66 points. So the last two weeks, he's 66 and 78 points. He is only 470K now, which is really cheap. Playing Penrith, Tigers, Souths, tough one against Melbourne, and then playing the round 13 buy against Manly. So for that round 13 buy, I think he's a really good buy. And at the moment at 470k, I'm a little bit surprised more people aren't sort of talking about jumping on the JT wagon again. 
Yeah, we talked about him pre-season and probably a couple of weeks um, late for me because he just did hit that form in round five like I thought. But yeah, I bought him last week. He's um, got rid of uh, SJ for him last week. I did want to muck around with him sitting on the pine. So um, yeah, he's um, got a good run. A lot of home games coming up, so uh, right for the picking. Yeah, I mean, do you look at him as, um, and I hate the word must-have, so I'll try to avoid saying must-have, but do you look at him as a, a close-to-must-have for that round 13 for the serious players that want to get a really strong squad together for that buy? No, not at all. Um, I can find someone else that's going to average 60 to 65 by all means do it. I just think he's priced uh, at a point where you can take the risk, and if he doesn't perform, then you're going to maintain your coin and, and have someone that you know he's going to score 80 or 90 in the next couple of weeks. I mean, the guy's JT. He's not going to drop sort of 20, 25-point stickers, stickers. The guy's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I don't think it's silly getting him. Worst case scenario, you just maintain the status quo with you know the 20, 25% of people that have already got him. And if anything, you probably have an advantage because they've all got the rubbish scores out of him and you just get the good ones going forward, hopefully. Yeah, that's true. And jumping on players' runs is the biggest thing as well. I'm a big fan of that. A lot of people will look at someone's season average and say he only averages 55 points a game. But, you know, if you can see him averaging 65 points a game over, you know, the remainder of the season, then it becomes a really good value buy. His season average so far really doesn't make any difference. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's pretty good value at the moment. I already own him, so I'm just sticking with him, obviously. But... Yeah, it's one of those things too where like looking at some trade scenarios, Billy, like someone could easily go from, say, a Robbie Rocco who's been held too long or a Lodge down to Sorensen and then do a lock on Croker up to JT and you can do that pretty easily. So there's just that many yeah. combinations of those downgrade and then upgrade Croker in the halves that just look gold. Yeah, you just got to pick your timing with a lot of, with, um, a lot of players. I mean, I'm not really telling everyone at home anything they don't know. Like just looking at the numbers, looking at his price, Looking at his run and the players around him, it's if you want him, it's just the right time to get him. That's all. End of story. Yep. And last bit of numbers before we move on from JT. At the moment, only 38% of his games have been over 60 points. That's a career low for him. So most of the time with these sort of numbers, um, you're looking for things that are outliers and that are going to normalise. I'd expect that 38% to normalise a bit more. It was only, uh, I think, 45% last last year but it was still better than what he's currently doing that was above 60. All the years before have been 67, 62, 73, that type of area. So, um, yeah, you'd expect him to start busting out more 60-pluses. So moving on, Marty Tapao had an absolute day out on the weekend, cracked a ton, and he did it with, uh, I think it was 71 points in base and just absolutely ripped up. So he was looking really, really good, and I was actually a bit sucked in where I was having a look at him myself, and I was going to trade him in this week until I had a bit of a closer look. He obviously went on a run. Uh, yeah, he went on a run last year, though, and that was the thing in the back of my head, just thinking to myself, is Kapow back? Is this Kapow? Are we seeing him back? He actually got downgraded to 97 points, so I made a mistake there. But huge game, only priced at around 540k, the problem is that he got uh, 62 minutes on the weekend, which is his season high. And before that, the issue's been, you know, 45 point, uh, minutes the, the week before. Do you think that this is a time that they bust him out and give him minutes because they're desperate? Or do you think that it was just an outlier? Well, I reckon it was just an, an anomaly, mate. That guy does his best work in, in short bursts. With the 42-minute game, um, that was versus Gold Coast. Did they give Gold Coast a touch-up? Did he come off early, or was that just um, 
42 minutes for some reason. I don't have the score in front of me. He scored 47 points that game, but I'm, I'm not sh- It wasn't a touch-up, um, I'm pretty sure. I think it was just some yeah. weird rotations, actually. Yeah, okay, well, well, let's just go back to the numbers then. But yeah, uh, 62 minutes, that was his greatest. Um, that, was his, that was the longest time he spent on the field all year by 10 minutes. So, you know, I can't see him maintaining 62 minutes. The guy's an absolute offloading machine when he wants to, but... It's kind of like Lolo, Lolo, dude, just doesn't get the minutes. Um, when he does, the guy's a beast, but when is he going to get it? When's he, how often is he going to offload? Yeah. When is he going to score a try? Just too many unknown variables. I'm just going to miss him. Yeah, and that's a conclusion I came to as well. I got a little bit excited with the Roosters and Broncos the next couple of weeks. I thought he could actually go to town with the offloading, um, and he plays around 13 as well, but I sort of had to pull back the reins a little bit when I looked at the rest of the numbers and the minutes and until we can see him get a few weeks in a row of, of that 60-ish minute mark, then um, I think you've got to stay away probably. Given the dire straits availability in, in the front row forward, not, not a bad move. He's going to score a lot better than a lot of the other morons around. But if you've got like Kikau and T, or TPJ or, or feeder or Sergis, yeah, just be happy with a couple of those two. You don't have to get him. But um, you definitely buy a cover option, but I, I'd probably prefer um, Sean Mayenhay. Yeah, I'd prefer Sean Lane as well, but talking about front row forward, that's the thing too. You've got to sort of plan ahead as well. You can't just impulse buy on these guys. There's only so many front row forward spots you can fill. And if you, you know, grab someone like Tapawi now, if that's going to cost you getting, say, Surgis in before round 13, you just don't get Tapawi. You make sure you get Surgis. And likewise for Fafita as well. Surgis and Fafita are both better than Martin Tapawi for round 13, so they should be your targets, really. Yep, agree, mate. So let's have a, a bit of a, before we go to the outs, we'll do a bit of a, a little pod watch. So last week I had a, a pod alert, left field, buy that you could go for if you wanted to go against most of the coaches and try and make a bit of a pod move. And uh, I, I threw out Dugan um, because he's been throwing up 60s without tries and stuff, and the Shark had a good run. Scored 62 points, so he did great. Unfortunately, he obviously broke his ankle and uh, his foot or whatever it was, and he's out for four to six weeks. So it wasn't a great call last week, Billy. But, you know, we move on and we forget about it. Um, the, the bit of a pod move for this week, I'm going to focus on my mate Milford, who I know that you love. So Milf is... Not at the moment, mate. Yeah, not at the moment. I mean, I... I started with him as well, but I'm actually pretty happy to hold him, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty confident. I don't really know why, because he's been pretty up and down. But you know, these this next month before he's by, three out of the four are at SunCorp, and it's a lot of runs at SunCorp for him to come up against the Bulldogs, then Manly away, Roosters at SunCorp again, and Eels at SunCorp. You know, that's um that's a pretty good run for Milford, and I'm just gonna say with everybody focusing on you know. Those other more, I guess, fancied halves and everyone sort of not seeing the goods from Milford, which is fair enough. At 520k, he would definitely be a left-field punt, but I reckon he could be one that goes on a bit of a run because he is prone for these sort of runs. We've seen him before. Yeah, I think it's um, too close to round 13 for a lot of people to take a punt on him right now, even even with that draw. He hasn't exactly been setting the wall on fire, mate. So with only four weeks coming up to buy... Coming up to around 13 by, I think you'll find a lot of people sort of focused on milking whatever they've got and getting a JT and a walker or something like that. But um, yeah, I reckon if you if you got him, smoke him while you got him, but 
he'd want he'd want to turn it up and he'd, he'd want to be Zoom I mean, it's too risky for a straight out. See, what about the head to head guys? If you're a head to head guy and you don't really care about the round thirteen buyer. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah, he's a um, absolute smoky at that price with that draw. If you if you want to get a, get a leg up, yeah, definitely an option. Now I'm going to ask you about a bit of a pod watch, one that I've got on my watch list. And you being the Paro fan, you're the perfect person to talk to about this one, Billy. Clint Gutherson went great last year. He hasn't quite looked himself yet, but that's understandable. 115 BE at the moment, though, and his price just is going to keep skydiving. Are you watching Gutho thinking that you might want to chuck him in your centre wing at some point down the track when he bottoms out? No, no not yet. But last year I was all over him for um, two reasons. Uh, number one, he really likes to get it, uh, get involved, get his hands on a ball as a playmaker. But secondly, um, because he was kicking, was, I was hoping for an extra sort of 12 to 14 points a game. Um, you got to remember, Eels were absolutely dominant last year and they just played out of their skin. They won a lot more games than what they probably... I'm not going to say what they should have. They won. A, they won a lot more games than what they would have this year. Brown Browns out. They don't have as much go, go forward. They don't have apart from the last couple of games. They don't really have. They haven't really had much momentum. So, and you don't know what's going to happen when Hayne comes back too. I don't see Hayne on kicking him out of the fullback spot. I'm pretty sure the fullback spot is him. Is uh, his, but. Yeah, unless he gets that kicking back or starts really showing some, you know, RTS likes sort of hit ups from a couple of years ago, I'm not really interested, mate. Oh, that's fair enough. I mean, look, one thing I will say to you that is if he does have a few weeks here where he only throws up, you know, thirty five points for the next couple of weeks, he's gonna get to sub four hundred K. So he's gonna be maybe three hundred and eighty five K it looks like in three weeks time. And round thirteen, he does play the the knights. He could be a bit depleted. So, if he bottoms right out before round thirteen, then yeah, absolutely, the guy will turn it around. But until he shows some form, I would only be playing him for that round thirteen, and then just leaving him as as an as an as an NPR. But how much money do you want to leave on a bench as an NPR? Yeah, you can't do too much, right? I mean, have you got any any faith in an eels renaissance happening at the moment? I reckon momentum is a big thing. Doesn't matter what sport you play, momentum is momentum and confidence go together. The guys have that at the moment. Well, who have they got this week? Sharks for it. Yep, sharks uh, away. Uh, I don't know how we're going to go away from home. Sharks are a lot better team than what we've played lately. They do seem to be leaking in a bit of points. It's not the same sharks team uh, from the last couple from the last couple of years when they were right in form. I reckon they'll probably roll us, but yeah. I don't know, mate. I'd rather just watch. Yeah, I've got him on my watch list from around round 12 to see if he gets to real sub-400 price and then I'll make a bit of a decision. So if, if you're going to go to um, through any of my previous uh, man crushes, the one I would say watch out for right now is Al Crichton. For the first time all season last week, he, he wasn't a decoy runner. The guy has dropped coin, but he's averaging over, over 60, playing 80, 80, playing 80 minutes on the edge. He'll, he'll, he'll start coming good with a couple of line breaks soon and he, he isn't going to drop anymore. So I reckon he's probably a good smoky or a good VC option this week if you got him. Yeah, he is a pretty good smoky, actually. I, I did have a look at him as well, but he's still close to that 600k mark, so he's a bit expensive. But let's move on to the outs, Billy, because we've got quite a few outs to get through. I don't, uh, I don't think anything was too expensive for you, Chooks, mate. Uh, well, uh, you know, it's, it gets to a point where even your sombrero gets filled up, mate. So yeah, what can you do? <laughs> Um, so our outs, I'll, I'll disclaim this one by saying Lodge and um, Rocco are pretty high up there. 
you know, lodges 11.7% at the moment on the trade-outs. But both of those guys really probably should have been traded out before that. Particularly Rocco, he should have been traded out two weeks ago. So I'm not even going to bother talking about those guys. They're, they're definite trade-outs. 14.5. Rocco, uh, yeah, not necessarily lodge. I, I, if, if you need the coin, I'd, I'd dump him, especially if you need the spot for around 13. But um, if, you, if you're stuck like me and plenty of other people who want to get in Sorensen in, in the second row and want to get in Masters at the back row, you don't have any jewels and you can't get rid of him. He does have a 74 B, I think it was, so he, he, he might lose a bit of coin. But you've got to remember, he actually, he's been injured the last couple of weeks and he has dropped a bit of coin. There's, there's no reason why he can't turn it around and get that back before uh, before four or five round, rounds for now. If you want to, A, hold him until round 13, or if you think he's good enough, or if you have enough depth and you want to hold him to for round 17, although it's a long bloody way away, but... Well, personally, I'd sell, but he's not a bad one if you want. He could bounce back if you wanted him to. Yeah, I reckon I'll disagree with you on this one. Um, I'd be. He only he's got a seventeen points from last week in his rolling average now, um, so he's not. Yeah. His his last two weeks are twenty seven and seventeen points, and that twenty seven will drop out, and he's still got that seventeen, and he only played twenty four minutes on the weekend. He's still carrying that rib cartilage injury, so. I yes. he, he doesn't play round thirteen either, so I, I don't even see any light at the end of the tunnel. To be honest, um, I but like I said, I would have I sold him before, so I'm I'm pretty much apples with those trades. I've sold Rocco and Lodge right at the right time, and for you know the first time in what seems like an eternity, it didn't actually bite me. It actually worked out, so I just flicked my way up, into that. Who would you upgrade him to if you were limited on coin and you couldn't? Reach the, the heights of you know of a feeder or something someone like that. But let, let's say you had a cap of you know just under sort of six hundred k, like 500, 535. Who would you, who would you actually go for if you had to sell lodge to get a forward only, not a second roll? Well, the one that comes immediately to mind is Sean Lane. If you got the jewels, if you got the jewels, Sean Lane's a great buy. You're going to go a straight swap to Lane from Lodge, and you're going to make that money. That's a one that comes to my mind immediately. The other one that is happening a lot even though I wouldn't do it, is people are downgrading Lodge to Huss and that's working out for them for the other upgrades. But as far as upgrades and getting someone decent, I do think Lane's an upgrade, but you're right. I don't know if there's really any other ones. Um, in that price range that you said, Tapao is one. He's, what, 530-something K. So, I mean, he's the only one really... Yeah, he's a, he's yeah. the only upgrade option, I think, um, unless you look at Lane as an upgrade. But to me, Lodge to Lane is a gold trade if you've got those um, if you've got those jewels. Yeah, I might need to take a hit to the cash loss and get rid of him next week. Yeah. So um, the most traded out guy is actually Richie Kenner. And talk about the injury roller coaster. It's been happening a lot lately where this guy, you know, Kenner is out season ending, it looks like, broken ankle, all this stuff. And everyone's like, oh, well, at least I know I have to sell him now. And then it comes out, oh, no, it's not as bad as we thought, one or two weeks. How does it swing from a season-ending ankle break to one or two weeks? It's uh, it's pretty crazy. It must be going to Dr. Squiggle, mate. I don't know. Oh, I think he's going out to the car park with the, the Shark's ex-doctor or something. I don't know. But um, he's, he's... Yeah, I, I, I don't know, mate. I, I'm not going to hold him, but he's... Um... I've had this discussion with with a few people that you know uh, why are you getting rid of him? The guy's averaging uh, sorry over fifty for a seventh three quarter in a hard year, playing the first buy. But you got to remember he's um he's been he's been scoring tries or with an absolutely horrendous base, 
and yeah, that's what sensory reporters do to to get the average. But I just can't see him maintaining it. It's it's only going to take one one game or two of a rubbish sort of fifteen or twenty five score to lose all that coin, and there's absolutely no guarantee you get, you're going to get a fifty score in that in that round thirteen. You could get a twenty, and there's no point in keeping him, and you've lost that fifty hundred k. So no, um, he's gone. Yeah, I'm gonna. He's gone for me. I'm probably going Kennard Masters or Kennard to Lane with Jules happening to make that one go. But I will say that um, I don't, I'm not adverse to just holding him. I think this one's very much one of those trades which is team specific. If you've got, you know, if you've got a lot of good um, centre wings and you can't really trade anyone else but you need to get to a Masters, then, um, you know, by all means, you know, that works. But I don't know. Uh, I think that some teams can definitely just hold if it's not a big deal for their centre wing and they can make the moves that they want and just get by. Then I think you just get by and just hold him for around 13. But, yeah, I, I think it goes either way. It depends on your team and what your trading targets are like ahead. Yeah, it's just the same. He's on that right-hand side. I mean, the, the left-hand side, uh, Walker has that sweep to GI and they go straight out to the 1-5. Um, to, to that, that, that right-hand side... Um, uh, uh, Crichton and um, Crichton and Kenner, they've got nothing but um, um, A rank just uh, punching bombs out. They're not they're not getting any line breaks. They're not getting any ball in, inside the twenty, mate. They're just being starved. Oh yeah, A rank's so useless sometimes. It's um it's pretty maddening. But yeah, fourteen point five percent. It's a, it's a, he should be traded out by a lot of people. It's a good trade still. Um, definitely, I'll probably be doing it as well anyway. Aside from that, there's a couple more controversial ones that we'll talk about, though. Asako has been going pretty well for the Broncos this year. He's made quite a bit of coin. I have toyed with trading him out, and I don't want to. He's got a 40s BE, 405k odd. I've toyed with it, Billy, only because I don't have anyone else to trade. It's basically Kenna and Asako, and if I need to get two guys out, then it needs to be those two. But he's got the Suncorp run happening now as well, where he's got all these Suncorp games coming up, and he's obviously goal-kicking as well, so I... He gets in there and has a go too. Yeah, I really like him as a player. I'd, I'd be trying to hold him, because I think that as well, if you end up with a guy that goes down, like you get an injury to a Rapana or somebody or a Masters next week or something, he's a guy that you can sort of slot in and, and maybe get a good score out of as well. Hey, when um, Kahu comes back, do you reckon he takes that um, a basic spot, or um, he, he goes for Ozarko and does um, he take goal kicking back, or, or does Ozarko keep it? He'll take Tomo's spot for sure. Um, a Pasic will be gone, so he'll definitely take that. I think Ozarko's out in the wing spot as well. So the goal kicking is going to be the big question. But um, I don't think that Kahu's due back anytime soon. Have you seen any updates on him? No, I haven't made up. Have to check with Wacko. Yeah, I think I still think that he's at least a month or more away. Um, you might even be looking at one to two months more. It was a pretty bad injury, so yeah. Look, you, you can, you can, like you said, you can just ride that run and see how, um, see how, how you go. He's not the worst trade out. Um, sorry, not the worst guy to trade out. Not the worst guy to keep. Uh, yeah, look, if you've got other options to get rid of, get rid of get rid of them first. Maybe keep him for a week or two. But yeah, he, he also plays outside a, a horrendous ball hole too. So how much ball is he going to get? Yeah, well, that's the other thing as well. He hasn't been getting many tries this year, but yeah, I'd I'd be leaning towards holding unless you absolutely have to sell him, and then that's fair enough. Another guy that's starting to get traded out this week is uh, Peter Hiku. Obviously, 
a lot of people were up in arms after last weekend because Hiku got two last touches, didn't get one of those as a try assist at all. Many only uh, came through with 33 points, I think it was. I traded Hiku before, you know, last week, uh, which was his peak price. He's since lost a bit of cash after last week's 33. I kind of feel like with some of these guys, Billy, like with a Hiku, I sort of felt like, you know, you last week was your decision point. Last week was, I'm, I'm either going to trade him because I don't see him as a keeper and he's sort of, he's peaked, so now's the time. Or if I'm not going to trade him last week, you know, it means that I've thought about it and I'm going to probably hold him through. So I'm a little bit puzzled that so many people are probably trading him this week after he just dropped 30k and he's been pretty consistent. I sort of thought that guys would have been thinking about that last week. Yeah, yeah, agree, mate. Um, especially with um, Tohu and SJ back this week and playing in NZ, you'd think that the guys actually look pretty good. He, he seemed, he, he's been looking a lot better this year than the last few, few years and I think the first two or three or four rounds when we were doing this podcast we were actually talking about how good he actually looked and mm. he, was, he was looking like he was, he was actually desert looking like a keeper at that point he still might end up being a, a keeper status but um, if you didn't sell him last week uh, before the Storm game and you've got SJ back this week yeah I reckon he'd be he'd be a hold I reckon unless you absolutely dire straits and you really 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 want someone like Masters and, and he's your only out and this is your last leg but yeah, up to up to the individual. Um, if I still had him, I'd, I'd hold him. I think, but yeah, up to up to your own sort of make the makeup of your own team. Yeah, I was happy to sell him last week, but yeah, I think that you you're holding him at the moment. If you have got someone like a Kenna or even an Osako, you probably trade Osako instead. But there's a like you said, there's a lot of other options to trade out before you trade Hiku um, at this point. But um, yeah. If you don't have anything else, then that's fair enough, I guess. Um, but one guy who is getting a lot of questions from his owners is James Maloney. So Jimmy's gone on a better than a pretty decent run since Cleary went down. He's been absolutely killing it. Although on the weekend, he had his 110 halves to 54 points, and that absolutely killed me. I ended up went from winning five out of five head-to-heads to losing all, losing four of them and drawing in one of them because of that downgrade. I, I'm going to be holding Jimmy Maloney myself. He's gone up to 608k, has a 88 break even, but I don't mind his run of games and he's still got a, a couple of weeks before Cleary's back, it looks like. So, I mean, what would you do as a Jimmy owner? Would you just hold him and ride him out? He's been probably one of the better halves to own over the last month, or would you punish yeah, him? Yeah, I, I, I hold him, mate. You, you bought him for a reason. You bought him because um, he was taking over the goal kicking, Cleary's out of the equation. You wanted a pod that had the potential to go massive. All of a sudden, becomes the dominant playmaker. So while Cleary's out, mate, just keep riding the wave, just and, and yeah, keep going. And even when Cleary comes back, maybe even hold him another week. There's no guarantee that Cleary all of a sudden um, takes over the goal kicking. Maybe he just he, he eases himself back and back into it and um, lets Jimmy take take a bit take a bit of the reins. Who knows? But. Um, you also got to remember that um, Cleary is probably busted enough to come back and prove himself for Origin too. So, yeah, he could, could also um, be, be the, the chokehold that that Maloney uh, owners don't want to see. So, yeah, hold hold a couple of weeks and reevaluate when 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 um, Cleary comes back, mate. Yeah, I agree. I think that I'll be doing that for sure. And the other thing too is for those that are sort of looking at selling him, he's got the Cowboys at home and then Newcastle the next two weeks, and both of those sides they can put a a few points on potentially and have a decent showing and you should match up pretty well against them and a really good point that you raised mate because I did think about it the other day and then I forgot 
you know, Cleary's had a, a pretty bad leg injury. For him to come back and goal kick is probably a bit of a stretch immediately anyway. So Jimmy's probably got the goal kicking for at least a couple of weeks that Cleary's back, you'd probably think as well. Yeah, and the way they're playing, that's an extra 16, 20 points for you right there before the game even starts. Yeah, and he scored um, you know, two tonnes out of his last five, which really, without those down dates, it was three out of the last five have been tonnes. So, yeah, he's just he's just phenomenal at the moment. He's the whole reason why my team started going better. So I can't sell him at all. Yeah, yeah just, just just quickly, if you put, if you break it down this way, if you can get... Uh, ten, just ten points in goals off, off Maloney, ten points per half in base, you know, a, a couple of tackles. There's thirty points already there. And Jimmy, Jimmy's um, Jimmy's no slouch, mate. You know he's going to have a few try assists here and there. So even if he only has one LBA try assist per game, there's fifty points. Yeah, that's right. He, he only really needs the one. And when I've been watching him, that's the thing. Since he's had the goal kicking back, I've just been hanging for that one try assist, and then I felt fine. You know, you don't have to worry about the rest of the game. As once he hits that first one, you know that you're set with a decent score, and everything else is just gravy. So, he's been my least stressful half by far. From someone who owns DCE and and Milford and JT and Maloney, Maloney has been the the only one that hasn't given me fits watching these games. So, he's been good. A bit of a we'll talk about a hold now, Billy. Under the hold list, uh, you raised TPJ. As a whole, he's a he's a pretty good hold to me. But um, you know, how comfortable are you that he's going to hit his straps again and go on a bit of a run? Might even be a buy, mate. Definitely a different hold. Um, buy would probably depend on um, how long um, McGuire's out for. But like you said before, they go on a home game too now. So if he's in front of a Suncorp crowd on, on on a Thursday or Friday night with seven day turnaround, and he's getting uh, fifty minutes in a thirteen jersey. Yeah, he looks a lot more dangerous. Remember, I think the stats at the beginning of the year were he was averaging 50 off 35 minutes. The guy's now got 50 minutes. So there is going to be that point of diminishing returns where the output, the PPM slows down and, and the output isn't as great the longer the longer a bloke's on the field because he does get tired. And he's not going to be offloading every second set. But um, I reckon there's a lot, a lot, a lot on offer and a lot that you can take out of him. him being in the 13 jersey for 50 minutes, so definitely hold. I'd even I'd even go for so far as buying him if if, um, if I didn't have him. Yeah, I love him as a player as well. So I mean, he um he was pretty frustrating on the weekend when he he got taken off and he didn't finish the game. I know you said that he was he was blowing big ones and he was tired, but <laughs> I I just thought that he would have been left out there to finish it. I'm hoping that his minutes start to build a little bit and his um, fitness comes back. I hope so, mate, because he's, he's a bit of a ball player too. Did you see that, that cutout ball he, um, he threw out left? Oh, it was gorgeous. One of the best cutout balls you'll see from a big forward in, in years. Yeah, pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah, it's really good to see as well. Um, you don't get to see... I mean, you see these forwards these days that are playing before the line. That's really easy to do, just to play before the line and just you know throw the ball out the back, pass the decoy and give it to the halves to play around with. But to actually throw a scoring pass like that where you're putting someone through a gap or through a hole. I feel like we haven't seen that since the um, the old days when, the, you know, you're 13, used to be a ball player like a Freddie Fittler or something, you know. So to see someone like TPJ do it, it's so good. Love it. Yeah. Especially when he's in your FC squad. Oh, yeah. Put the gamey tingles, mate. <laughs> um, well, let's go on to TLT now, Billy. Yeah. It's um, an interesting day. 
But we'll start off with the Broncos versus the Bulldogs game, which is our Thursday night at Suncorp. Let's start off with the Broncos first. Andrew McCulloch's um, come back from his elbow injury already, which is crazy. But he is a real lion man, so it's great to see him back. And he's replaced Josh Maguire, so it's worked out really well for the Bulldogs with um, yeah. Maguire gone for, what, four to six weeks now? Yeah, who would have thought that the tendons of seven end up being tendonitis? Yeah. It's uh, it's it, I can't believe that he's back, but it's something that that Macca sort of does. Um, so that's probably the biggest super coach news for the Broncos team, other than um, Tavita Pangai Junior still retains that thirteen jersey, which is great. Payne Haas is still on the bench, and uh, Jaden Sewer just quietly has retained that starting second row spot, and I thought he's he's looked pretty good as well. Yeah, I was going to mention him. I wouldn't go. I'm not going to go near him. I had a look at his numbers, and he does seem to have a lot of very uh, low point games in him when he gets a few more minutes. So he, he could end up being a beast. Could end up doing nothing. So he, he's a smoky, but I'd rather go um go Pangai Junior if you if you were going to pick anyone out of that pack. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing just that is of note: James Roberts is is obviously named. But there's a fair bit of cover there in the reserves, and he did struggle last week with his knee, which apparently has been hurt for the better part of a month with some um, ligament damage that he's been carrying. So it might be a bit of a watch, being the first game especially for the Jimmy the Jet owners out there. Now with the the Bulldogs, Greg Eastwood's been dropped, which is probably about 18 months too late, but anyway. Former Raider Clay Priest is called up for him, and other than that, there was the news that Frawley and Reese Martin were pulled from their respective reserve grade games. And there's rumours floating around that they're actually going to start. It's not how it's been named. It looks like that they still named Elisha, but from all the mail, it looks like that um, they're going to throw Marshall King in at hooker and start Frawley again and move the side around completely. So a bit of upheaval on the dogs. I've seen that respond kit his name thrown around a fair bit and there seems to be a bit of excitement around the name. Where, where was he named or what's, what was the rumour there? Look, he's in 19 at the moment. I'm not sure where he fits into the this, this squad if he comes in to be honest. Um, I think that the main yeah. change was Frawley. Yeah, sorry mate, I'll have a quick look. But um, Yeah, not really interested in Frawley but he does have a reasonable uh, negative B. Yeah, it's probably more for the... Um, Marshall King owners, um, I don't really know whether it's good or bad. I mean, if Marshall King's moving to nine, he's going to get a heap more defensive work happening. I mean, he sort of just runs the ball a lot anyway. So looking looking at the bench and stuff, I, I don't really know how that's going to play out as far as how many minutes he's going to get at nine and stuff. So it, it could be interesting. It could actually be beneficial for anyone holding Marshall King. Rich Martin's available at the second row only, so... Worst possible position. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's not in the squad yet anyway, but um, yeah, it looks like the halves going to get shaken up, and I think it's more probably super coach relevant as far as what it means for the Broncos because at Suncorp Stadium, you know, the Bulldogs aren't going the greatest anyway, and with these changes and stuff, yeah, the Broncos I think have got a pretty fair chance to put on some super coach points potentially. Yeah, um, as soon as the um, Dogs team was named, I chucked the VC on Milford. He's due. Yeah, I reckon Milf is a great VC option this week, and I don't think too many people will, will throw it out there, so that's a good one. Moving on to the next game, the Knights versus South Sydney Rabbitohs on the Friday night. Knights are actually unchanged from the side that took on Manly from 1-17. to 17. 
So there isn't really any big Knights news there. Connor Watson's probably the only one that a few people are watching because of his price and the fact that he scored a try. Took a lot of hit-ups last week, right? ran the ball quite a bit. Uh, Ken Seo bottomed, bottomed out just like me and Perso said. He had a crappy score last week and he made his heap of money and now all of a sudden, probably a week, week later, he's going to start to level out already. So glad I didn't buy him. But the Rabbitohs... Uh, the ones with the big change for most people with Richie Kenner obviously gone. Campbell Graham's the guy that got called up to replace him. The rest of the side's pretty much the same. We still know Sam Burgess until next week, unfortunately. But not a bad one, this one. I think this game could have a bit of great scores for Supercoach. Kalen um, Pong is probably a big watch as well in this one as to whether he starts goal-kicking or not, Billy. Yeah, how good has he been going? Kids just killing it. Oh, he's fantastic. He's he's. I, I've seen on a lot of other stat sites actually. He's been getting credited with a lot more TBs than what um, Supercoach has been giving him as well. So, but um, I, to be honest, I'm a little bit worried though because I really need him to have that goal kicking. I think as a definite keeper all season when you got the likes of Turbo and Teddy there. So I mean, I really want him to get it back. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I think cows must be kicking themselves. <laughs> I think. I think it's called karma. They um they did a reverse JT on themselves, make it, letting this kid go for coot. Yeah, well, it's it's probably going to be a terrible call if it isn't already very very shortly because they might even end up losing coot soon as well. But for the bunnies, I, I actually quite like the bunnies to get over the top of the knights in this one. Which way are you leaning? I hadn't thought about it, but um, what day is it? Saturday? No, this is a Friday night. Friday night. I'd have more confidence in the night, so I'm sad to have that game at home. But, um, yeah, I'll have to go rabbits, I think, mate. Rabbits. Uh, I'll, um, I'll say you reckon that MILF is a good VC option for that first game. If um, if Pong has got the kicking yeah. back, he could be a good VC option for this second game. Mm, yeah, true, if he's got the kicking, but Yeah, watch, up, watch him in warm-ups, maybe. <laughs> Next one is the uh, Penrith Panthers versus uh, North Queensland Cowboys. Playing this one out at Bathurst, which is nice. Carrington Park, beautiful place to play. Dallin Wittesi Zalesniak moves to fullback for Dylan Edwards. Tyron Roberts makes his debut on the wing. And Yo goes to the centres to swap with CHN. Um, CHN's been really good in the centres, actually. Uh, but he gets to start back in the back row. And Peter Wallace comes back after being out. So Katoa's on the bench and Egan's gone. So for Supercoach purposes, CHN's actually been a bit of a smoky. Going into the starting second row spot, interesting to see how long he holds onto that for and how he goes. Um, but yeah, does he well, Kikau is obviously going to play eighty on the left? They rotate a fair bit. The um, the Penrith forwards. Does right edge play eighty as well, or is that a sixty minute gig? Well, Yo's normally an eighty minute guy. Yeah, so that's normally eighty minutes for Yo. Yeah, if you're not concerned about. Round thirteen, he'd be he'd be a he'd be a um, uh, big balls pod. Yeah, I think that I tagged him as that in the preseason, and he um, obviously got injured and then started off the bench and stuff. But he's really shaping up a little bit. The guy knows how to find a line, mate. If, if um, especially if um, what's it, what's his name? Um, Cleary is coming back soon and playing that uh, right, those right edge lines with him could be dangerous. Yeah, it could be. So I reckon he might have a good a good shout against the. Um, North Queensland Cowboys in Bathurst, and the Cowboys just seem to be absolutely struggling at the moment. So for them, they've actually named an unchanged 17 from the side that lost to the Raiders, which 
is interesting because, to be honest, they probably need a little bit of a shake-up, but I guess I don't really know who they're going to throw in there. JT, watch for me. I'm hoping he's going to get the, the third game in a row that's been good because he hasn't put three together good ones all year. And Tom Alolo, I was going to put his captain last week and I moved it to Fafita. I'm considering Tom Alolo again this week if I want a safety one. How's he usually fair away from home? I'm not sure, sure actually about the away from home stats. I just noted what's he, what's he, what's he like then? Well, he got 54 minutes last week, which is actually decent compared to the start of the year. But um, the weeks before, he was 58 minutes and 66 minutes. So he's definitely gone up to sort of, I think, the mid to high 50s is his range as a floor. So 68 points last week. 66, 58, 54 minutes. So he's averaged 60 minutes the last three weeks for 84 points. Yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Looking pretty good. Yeah, piss off. <laughs> I got his. I was telling you earlier in the season that he would never be in my. He wouldn't be in my team all year. But Billy, to have a look. I I agreed with you, mate. I absolutely agreed with you. But then um, I I got him in for that Titans game because he scored that hundred points against the Dogs and played sixty six minutes. And I took a punt and went right. He looks like the old Lolo. They need him to play good. I think they're going to give him big minutes. And I captained him straight off the bat against the Titans for his eighty four points. So. He's um I'm I'm all aboard the train again, mate. Things change in Supercoach kick quick. You can you know go off your predictions and just go against them now. It's fine. Yes, all right. Just jump on, mate. Oh, he looks great at the moment. He's a lot of fun. So the my brain's spinning trying to figure out how I can bloody do it. (laughs) Well, the Saturday game has the Raiders versus Gold Coast Titans. So for. The Raiders, they're unchanged after their big win over the Cowboys, um, and they look like they're sort of on the up at the moment. So starting off with them, they're unchanged, but I'm really watching, um, well, more so excited for BJ and Rapana to get things going again because um, this is definitely a game against the the edge and backs defence of the Titans where they could probably carve up a little bit and just quietly Papali started to come back into fitness as well. Yeah, sure has. Um, I'd probably prefer Big Papa on an edge than um, at the 13. But, yeah, if, he, if he's chucking out the numbers, mate, it doesn't matter where they play. You just get him in, don't you? What about a sneaky BC on Rapana this week? Let me have a quick look. I'd rather have a, I'd rather have a sneaky go at Rapana this week. But um, what's his name? Bali. I'll see how many minutes he's, he's been playing. It's hard to gauge because he's, he's been coming off the bench. Well, my big call, I think he's going to be. Rapana's definitely going to score a try this week. I'm pretty confident about that one. And, you know... Yeah, Papali, 55 minutes last week. Yeah, he's been doing a lot better. But, yeah, I, Rapana's going to score this week. Mark it in. It's happening. And as far as the Titans go, we've got Ryan Sipkins replacing Morgan Boyle on the bench, and that's the only change from last week's loss to Cronulla. So... Nothing really exciting at the Titans, and I'm not really watching him too hard aside from getting excited every time I realise that I've got Jai Arrow in my team, mate. Yeah, told you the captain him, didn't I? But no, you know, listen. No, you I know didn't. He's averaged what, 83 or something since then. I didn't listen at the time because it was the first week where he actually put up a real big score. So I said, let's, let's wait and see if the minutes and the scores keep coming, and they have now. So I've come around. <laughs> It was the first week he went to 13. The minutes were always going to increase. 
Well, I like to see things first, Billy, before I throw the big C around, you know? I'm a little bit more planning on the that's C. When you, that's when you become a sheep. <laughs> well, he looks good for it now. I'll, I'll, I'll give you that. You've, you've done well to put the C on him for sure, especially last week. Yeah, uh, yeah I was having a chat to Adam about him a bit earlier, but one thing to be wary of is that... um. That rib cartilage, he seems to be very volatile at the moment, could come off at any point in time. So, although the 80s look good, if he comes on, off after 10 minutes, you've got a captain of uh, 20. So, mm, he had a really good yeah. line break on the weekend, just, though. Just, just got to be careful. Yeah, he did. So, the next one's the Warriors versus the West Tigers. This one's an interesting one as well because the Warriors have got heaps of changes because they've got all the big guns back, mate. So, we've got SJ back again with Tohu, which it's really going to be interesting for Hiku if he can step back up again and get a better score. And aside from that, though, they also have Carter coming back as well, which I think is a week or so early from his ankle injury. But the big out for them is that they've... Well, I mean, Isaac Luke is meant to be out for four weeks, but they've actually named him a nine. So it's going to be interesting who's going to go into there, whether it's going to be Carl Lawton who goes into hooker or they bring someone else in to play at nine. But... Warriors have got a host of changes, but they look a lot stronger. But, you know, losing Luke is quite a big deal. Yeah, don't ask me what they're going to do, mate. For all I know, Kearney could chuck a jersey on and run out there. Who knows? Yeah, it's... I, you know, I, I did think that they weren't going to go well. Um, and I had to sort of eat a bit of humble pie after about a month and say, all right, they're going a lot better than I gave them credit for. But I still couldn't come fully around that they weren't going to have a bit of a mid-season meltdown. And I, I tend to feel like that last week... They were just so far out of the game. That might have been mentally a bit scarring for them coming into this week. So, Yeah, possibly, but that was Melbourne in Melbourne without their guns. They're back home, and they've got the deep breathing, mate. The deep breathing. Yeah. I mean, they are coming up against the Tigers, who themselves have played very much above expectation, but have got back-to-back losses at the moment. So they've actually got... Yeah, but never, t- never back a Tiger into a corner, mate. Coming off back-to-back losses, they're going to want to bounce back and half their players are from NZ anyway, so they'll feel right at home over there. Yeah, that's the thing. And, I mean, they've got Elijah Taylor returning at lock and he's playing his old club and he's also a bit of a defensive linchpin for them, which pushes Eisenhuth to prop and Sue to the bench. Um, and Eisenhuth is one that you keep your... I know you've been keeping your eye on with his minutes, um, so it'd be interesting to see what he does at prop now that Taylor's back. Twelve returns to the seventeen as well, and Little's out of the side altogether, which means Godin is actually the only dummy half they have in their seventeen, which is very interesting. They're still clearly chopping and changing everywhere with this side every week, it seems. Well, he's doing the job, mate. So you can chop and change all you want. So if it keeps getting the results, then keep doing it. Yeah, maybe it's true. Keeping, maybe he's just keeping him on their toes. Mixing up his defense, uh, mixing up his tack, making it interesting, hard to predict. I don't know. It's not like there are. Well, if you go back to the beginning of the season, you couldn't say they're going to beat everyone with talent, but they seem to. He seems to be bringing out the best in everyone, and making them accountable for their actions or inactions. So, if you're not defending, you're out. If you're not kicking goals, you're out. If you're not listening, you're out. On stroke policy, you're out. So, he seems to be uh, really. Um, I don't know. Uh, instantly a bit of discipline into him, maybe, but holding them accountable for their own actions. Yeah, he's doing a great job. Fanua holds his spot, which is the big West Tigers news. Uh, I actually think this one's going to be a bit of a tight one and maybe not too super coach friendly. Um, but my big call, Billy, I'm going to say Ursan Masters gets his first try this year. Yeah, possibly. 
Well, that's my big call. Know, did, you, did you know that? Um, if you go, I reckon if you go back and have a look at every single player that debuted last year in the centre three quarter, I think you'll find that four out of five of them scored a try on debut. Oh, that's an interesting stat. Yeah, I tried it this year. <laughs> Playing everyone in their first game, but no, it didn't work for me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving along to the Sharks versus your boys, the Parramatta Eels, and uh, the Sharkies have got Val Holmes replacing Dugan, who's out for four to six weeks with his broken foot, which means Fecky. Yeah, Fecky's been recalled, which um, is interesting because I, I initially thought that Moylan would go back to, to fullback and they would have Hodkinson come back into the halves, because that's how they lined up before Dugan went to fullback, I think. But um, they've gone the other way. So it means that Katoa doesn't get a run, Billy. So I think a few people are disappointed with Fecky getting his job back. Yeah, yeah. Probably a good thing, I think. Just keeps everyone thin, thin for depth on their toes. Yeah, I don't know, mate. At the very least, it keeps it interesting and stops... um, you know, so this is just being selfish here, but maybe it, maybe it stops a few people that are desperate from playing at Katoa and all of a sudden getting lucky with a double or a treble and you know, people who play and missing out on, on a ton. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of, kind of enjoying the, uh, the thin depth at the moment. Yeah, I like it as well. It's really making it interesting. It means you can make some big yeah. moves as well. So Scott Sorensen yep. goes to the bench. Graham's starting, but he's pending a fitness test, so there's still a chance that Sorensen is going to start if Graham ends up having to pull out. So that's a big watch for the Sharkies. For the Eels, they've got Maroa returning in place of Tony Williams, who did his ACL, and Brown still hasn't recovered. And it just came out that he's going to be out for, what, three more weeks now, did they say? Yeah, round 12. Round 12. So that's uh, he did that in round five, and I, people like me actually thought, because he was pushing to play, he might even return the next week. If not, it's only going to be two weeks at round seven. And it's going to go from a round seven return date to a round 12 return date. The, honestly, the NRL needs to do something with these injuries and just make people in teams report them properly and come out and give the proper diagnosis. Because with all the gambling and everything, you know, they've, they've really got to come clean with what the diagnosis is and let everyone know. But more importantly, mate, why aren't they thinking about the super coaches out there? Why aren't they just telling us what's going on? They give a crap for us, mate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably uh, that, yeah, that's a frustrating point. Um, I've, I've kept him, and it's a bit annoying, but I'll you know I'll keep him again. Got a bit of depth, but um, a little bit nice to know that a little bit earlier, so you can do something with the coin. Could have easily easily been I don't know a Gerbo or a Fafita or something you know, a few weeks ago, and got you an extra couple thousand points up the ladder. Yeah, I would have traded him 100% if he was out for seven weeks. But as it stands, I've really got to try and hold him now because you know, round 13 is coming up pretty quickly, but I really don't know. I might end up actually even still trading him now. So, hold him. Yeah, so you reckon that they're going to get up, the Sharkies, or your boys are going to come good again? No, I think the Sharkies will get up. But well, I'll tip my boys. They're on a roll. They need, they need a win. They're back into a corner. Got some confidence. I reckon 18 16 either way. Tight one. I reckon you've got no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so then we'll move along to the uh, Dragons versus Melbourne Storm at Jubilee Oval. Uh, this is probably the match of the round based on form, mate. The um, the Dragons, again, don't have any injuries. Um, I've named Reese Robson in the 17 jersey, which means Host is out. 
And other than that, though, they've still got the same strong 17 squad that's um, been chugging along pretty nicely. Storm, on the other hand, they get Vinavalu back, which is nice. He replaces Tonamapia. And Curtis Scott's probably going to be out, it looks like. Even though he got named, he's probably gone. We've got Dale Finucan back, though. And Christian Welsh shifting to prop, who I know that you had a look at um, with his PPM and how strong he's been playing lately. Yeah, that was on that was with him playing larger minutes at, at thirteen, but I should have done my homework a, a lot more. It was kids were screaming last night. I didn't, I didn't look into the injury list, but um, yeah, Finnegan's back now. Jay Brum was out. Who was the other one? It was Glasby? Was it? I think Glasby was out 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 as well. So yeah, they had a um, yeah. So they they had a lot of injuries, and he played a lot of played some larger minutes in the thirteen jersey. So now that Finnegan's back in the thirteen, and he's gone into the forward rotation. He's going to get that um, uh, 35 to 40 minute cameo that um, that um, belly, belly ache gives to gives it to his forwards. So yeah, he's a no go no go zone now, mate. Yeah, I actually wouldn't be too excited with either of these teams for Super Coach purposes. I think it's going to be a pretty good game of football to watch, but um, maybe not one that translates to Super Coach. I'm really excited about the Dragons because they're due an injury. And I'm hanging on to this theory that Lomax is going to show up. <laughs> <and Zebra Salvation. laughs> yeah, and next minute, we've got Kurt Mann coming in to start on the wing. <laughs> no Lomax. Yeah. That's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, that's what will happen, mate. But, um, no, I think if um, if you're going to watch anything, um, Lafayette hasn't really done much lately, but he's in a team that's that's on the app. Um, Kind of hope that he he maybe bottoms out and becomes a viable option for maybe a uh, a second buy round Smoky, someone someone you can pick up cheap and chuck chuck as an NPR and bring him in to play the likes of Warriors or Titans or Eels. Yeah, <laughs> someone 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 maybe maybe leak, leak a few points and leave him on the pine where he plays the tougher teams. Who else was there? I, I, we might get back to a normal for us pretty soon, so he, he might be a, um, a, decent, a decent pick-up with SJ post-round 13. I, I haven't seen uh, um, enough of Vaughan this year to warrant um, a purchase, same, same with JDB, but guys like that could could turn it around all of a sudden and start, start producing. So, yep. yeah, if, if, you got, if, you, if you guys are watching there, but no, no one you really want to buy right now. Yeah, I've got the... The Widop money drop watch happening at the moment. It's been going for a few weeks. I'm probably going Maloney to Widop, I think, a little bit later. And um, playing yep. the Storm is a great game for him to drop a heap of coin again. So looking forward to it. The Sunday game at 4 p.m., we've got my boys, the Roosters, up against the Seagulls. And I tell you what, it, it just works out this way that we always end up playing someone like Manly who have their backs against the wall and they're going to put up their best game against us. So I can see it happening. But our side for the Roosters is unchanged from the Anzac Day loss with that atrocious Nene McDonald try that was let in. I don't think that we've got too much relevance in, in uh, the Roosters side, Billy, other than a couple of Smokies that I'll throw out there. I own Blake Ferguson, and if I didn't, I'd be on a bit of a watch. If he's not gonna, if you think he's not going to play Origin and he's going to play round 13, he's starting to get pretty cheap, and I guarantee he's going to start scoring some tries. Teddy Watch is always on, and uh, Ryan Madison Love Fest has been on for a few weeks now for a lot of coaches. Other than that, that's, that's probably about it for the Roosters. Yeah, I bought Orbo last week. He was he was that cheap. I figured, why the hell not? 80 minutes, he might jag something. But I think um, 
Teddy looked bloody brilliant last week. I think he all of a sudden he's um, found found out how to work with the, with those halves, like where to pop up, how to, how to read them. Yeah, I think the guys are kind of looking for him a bit more. He um, he did look really really dangerous last week, or, or a lot more dangerous than he has looked so far. And I was um, a little bit kind of um, caught off guard with his average. I didn't really think it was that was that high, but he is uh, over the sixty mark and hasn't really done too much yet. So. For those that own Teddy and not and not uh, Turbo, I wouldn't be um, too phased just yet. Teddy could go on a tear and have a couple of decent scores come up soon. So if you really, really want a pod, I, I wouldn't put it past him to chuck the C on him at later rounds of the weekend. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a pretty bold move to throw it on him at the moment with his form, but I could see him actually going pretty well against his C was outfit. So, I mean, Manly's got a couple of changes. They put Dylan Walker in a 5'8" which is an interesting one because I think everyone was hoping to get maybe a cheapie um, like a Tom Wright in there um, who's in the extended squad, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. But it means that their their back line looks atrocious as far as their centres and wings go. Like They've got Matthew Wright, Moses Sully comes in to make his club debut, Ryan Kelly and Aku Uate. That's a pretty uninspiring wing centre combo on either side. So pretty inspiring, pretty inspiring if you want to start to see on Teddy, but oh yeah, look, and I'm hoping for some Fergo meat as well. So yeah, for Super Coach purposes, this is actually shaping up as a pretty decent contest. They've also got Sean Lane, obviously starting in the 12 jumper for Gazowski, who's who's out for that four weeks. In the other um, big changes, so I mean, as a DCE owner, I'll be watching this one as well because. He's uh, sort of tapered off a little bit from his his better scores, and he got downgraded from I think he got downgraded from forty nine to thirty nine. So it went from a solid score in a game that he didn't do too much to a bit of a, a bit of a crappy score, really. So there's quite a few to watch in this one, Billy. I think there might be a bit of attack going. Yeah, it'd be a good game. It'll take a C away from it. It'll just be a bloody good game to watch, I reckon. Yeah, now, I'm interested to see if Moses Suli's still 130 kilos playing in the centres, or if he's dropped a bit of weight and gone to training. <laughs> Lastly for the Seagulls, though, one that we didn't bring up with the um, market watch. I own Kaziowski, and I'm going to actually hold him because, you know, a month could easily be three weeks, and he plays round 13. If you owned him, though, would you just be hanging on, or would you just cut the cord and just burn the trade to get rid of him? It depends who you've got, mate. I've got a fair bit of depth, so I'm, I'm going to hold him. But, um, yeah, if you, if you needed to cut someone away for Sorensen and he ends up starting, then, yeah, no-brainer. Yep. The one bit of Sean Lane news that is a little bit scary in training him in is uh, Frank Winnerstein is not a very good super coach player, but he did start on the edge a lot last year, um, and he is in the squad there. So I don't think it would happen, but it would be very, very cruel if Frank Winnerstein ended up being a late change to start in Sean Lane's spot and um, Lane ended up to the bench. So I am a little bit scared of a weird Trent Barrett move happening, but hopefully not. Yeah, it's one of those things you try and hold out for the entire weekend if possible then make the trade at the last minute. But it just depends on whether you need the coin to do both your trades early or who you're trading out when they play. Yep. And that wraps up the weekend games for round nine. Should be a good good round. I'm looking forward to it, Billy. You reckon you're going to have a, a big one this week or are you a bit worried about the matchups? I'm a bit, I haven't had a massive... Right, sorry, I did have... Had one decent round, but I'm loaded up to the hilt in all the key positions. So I've got 
all, all year I've had four crack, uh, gun gun hookers, gun fullbacks, and four cracking uh, halves, and it's always been Milford or Munster or um, Milford or Munster or I don't know Teddy or someone someone scored brutal like twenty or twenty five and dragged me right back down. So it's uh, when you, when you steer clear of that forward heavy dominant pack that's just going to score you sixty sixty five every week, it makes it hard to catch up. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm at a point now where I think I'm going to go all right, but really need all those uh, halves to fire, mate, especially Milford and Munster. Yep. Well, I think we'll get Milford going this weekend at least. So thanks for coming on again, Billy, and um, good luck for the weekend, and we'll chat to you soon, mate. Cheers, mate. Go Crichton. <laughs> so thanks for tuning in, everyone. You can um, download and listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, also on iTunes, where you can follow us on Twitter, at NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. Otherwise, we'll be back next week for Market Watch and TLT, and I hope everyone has some great captain's choices on the weekend. Cheers. Hey now, you're an All Star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And all that is gold. Only shoot.